You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. A very warm welcome to The Racing Show. Sponsored by Bresbet, our new online partners. Trainers. Jockeys. Pundits. And all your racing news, flat and jumps. Every Friday night at 7 o'clock, here on Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to this week's edition of The Racing Show. My name's A.D. Hopper and I'm here to take you through meeting all of our guests on the show tonight. And what a show we've got for you tonight. We talked to Holly Doyle about her early days in racing and how she got to the point where she is now the leading lady jockey on the flat in the country. We also catch up with Nick Schofield and Daryl Jacob. We talked to trainers Jamie Snowden, David Pipe, and, of course, no show would be complete without our pundits. And, of course, that is the Cheeky Chacky himself. It's Colin Brown and Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. So, a fairly extensive show tonight. And just a, a mention for our new theme music, which is the theme from the film Champions, which is, of course, all about old and and Bob Champion himself, which we hope you like. Bit dramatic, but a bit different. So let's get stuck into the show now, and it's time to catch up with Mike Patton with all the news from the racing media. Hello, and a very warm welcome to all the news from the racing media, including Racy TV, The Racing Post, and The Sporting Life. A slightly croaky Mike Patton here with uh, this week's report. And here's our first story of the week. The family of Josh Moore have spoken of their frustration at the jockey's wait in hospital to have spinal surgery a week after a fall at Plumpton last Monday, after his operation was cancelled four times. Moore has been restricted to lying nearly flat on his back at Royal Sussex County Hospital in Brighton since breaking his ribs and fracturing a vertebrae when Botox has fell in a novice chase. The rider, the brother of fellow jockeys Ryan and Jamie, has had the added strain of needing to limit his movements due to the nature of the damage to his spine as he awaits surgery to insert rods into his back. His mother Jane wrote on Twitter on Sunday that it had been three weeks since the jockey and his sister, that's broadcaster Hayley Moore, had run the London Marathon, but that now Josh was awaiting spinal surgery, but sadly his op has been cancelled four days in a row. Moore's older brother Jamie, who has been able to visit Josh in hospital, said it had been a mentally taxing week for someone who's used to be being active and mobile. He's still awaiting surgery, he reported on Sunday. He's in a very busy hospital and there have been emergencies coming that have delayed his operation for four days now. It's frustrating for him as he just wants to get up and about. When you've got an injury like he has, you don't want to move too much. An unstable fracture is one you want to keep still with, as you're conscious of damaging any nerves. So it's mentally really tough to lie still, flat on your back, for a week when all you want to do is get up. They have raised him 30 degrees, but it's not much. It's hard for him, but once rods are in, he can crack on and should be out within a couple of days. I hope and pray that it's his time tomorrow, because that'll have been a week by then, which is a long time for anyone to be in that position. He's been on his back basically since the moment he fell off the horse. He wants to do everything he can to get out of there and get moving again. 
Pressure on the NHS has been increasing in the second half of 2021, with data released this month by NHS England for August showing that 5.7 million people were on waiting lists for routine treatment. That's the highest figure since records began in 2007. The government in England has also been facing continued calls from medical professionals to implement the Plan B portion of its winter plan for COVID-19, which involves the return of some societal restrictions to prevent unsustainable pressure on the NHS. A total of 39,962 cases of the virus were reported in the UK on Sunday, with 6,720 hospital admissions in the week to October 19. That's a 19.9% rise on the previous seven days. And so on to our next story here on the Racing News. All mankind made almost all to defy top weight in the Juice and Monet's Garden Old Roan Limited Handicap Chase at Aintree. A Grade 1 winner over hurdles as a juvenile and a top-level scorer too as a novice chaser last term, a mark of 160 ensured all mankind shoulder the steadier of 11 stone 10 pound in this Grade 2. Trainer Dan Skelton had given him a prep run over hurdles at Chepstow this month, and while he could only finish third as favourite on that occasion, he made no mistake back over the bigger obstacles. A noted front-runner, Harry Skelton's mount was swiftly into his stride, with Killer Clown and Itchy Feet trying to make their presence felt in the early exchanges, as all mankind set a decent pace. He built up a couple of lengths lead at one point, but at the top of the straight there were really only three in contention, with Midnight Shadow travelling well in the hands of Ryan Mania. A mistake from all mankind, three fences out, briefly handed the initiative to Midnight Shadow, but the 9-4 favourite took the last obstacle much better to grab back the lead, and he kept finding for pressure all the way to the line. Itchy Feet, who had made a couple of errors in his fencing, finished with real purpose, but was beaten a length at the line, with the same distance back to Midnight Shadow in third. The winning handler said, he's magic, everything went well, the whole pre-season, and I knew I had to go to Chepstow over hurdles to get a run into him, because I was saying the whole way along that he can't win here unless he gets a run in, so it was important that he got that run in over hurdles. There's not many horses that you can switch hurdles to fences and back, and know that you're going to get that consistency with, but he breaks a lot of rules this horse. He's only five years old, and he's just won a handicap off 160. It's big, and I'm very proud of the horse. Forget all the rest. He doesn't know how to let himself down, or anyone around. And he's just an absolute credit to the game. He wants to win, and it's just a great attitude to have. Some are born with it, and some aren't. To have that desire and ability to match is unusual, and that's why he's top class. He's just a fantastic horse to have anything to do with. Skelton has a long-term plan to return to Aintree in the spring. His route to the Melling Chase has yet to be determined, although it will be limited. He added, We'll forget the future plans for now. This was a big day, and he's only a five-year-old. There won't be any big plans, and we'll just look after him. Ultimately, he'll come back here for the Melling Chase, and he'll get one run between now and then. I'm not going to over-race him. Let's not empty the well and leave something there for when he's seven, eight and nine. If you over-race him this year, you're going to inevitably come to the end of your journey with him, and I don't want that. Ultimately, next year, I think he'll race over three miles, and I said last year that Cheltenham wasn't really his track. He might not even run this side of Christmas, but we're all very proud of him, and I can't tell you how much I love him. Itchy Feet was third in the race 12 months ago and went one place better this year, a performance which pleased his trainer, Ollie Murphy. He said, He ran a cracker. He's a horse that I think is going to be up in trip before too long. And I thought on the whole he jumped a lot better in what looked a warm renewal. So it's a good starting point. He's a good horse and he just needs everything to go right. And Dan's horse had a run and this is our starting point. We'll be going up in trip at some point. I'm not sure where we're going next, but he's a horse who's going to be competing in all the good races. And next up, firm ground is Dermot Wells' biggest worry for Tanawa's bid for back-to-back victories in the Breeders' Cup turf at Del Mar next month.
The five-year-old lifted the 12 furlong Group 1 at Keene Landing, Kentucky last year on ground described as firm, but the meeting will be staged on the Californian coast this year. Tanawa was last seen when beaten three-quarters of a length by surprise winner Torca Tortasso in the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe in what was a thorough test on heavy ground at Parry-Longchamp. Well dissatisfied with Tanawa's recovery since that run at the start of the month, though, and she has pleased with her homework since. Well said. The art took a fair bit out of her, but she's an amazing animal with a wonderful constitution and huge determination. After a week when she was tired, she has bounced right back, and I was pleased with a bit of work she did the other morning. She flies out with the other Irish and English contingent, that's about 35 horses altogether, next Friday. The track is going to be my biggest concern, where the surf meets the turf, and it's very firm. The two-year-old was last seen finishing fourth on her Group 1 debut in the Bet365 Phillies Mile at Newmarket two weeks ago, a race in which she was beaten three lengths by John and Thady Gosden's in spiral. The nine runners in the race split into two groups, and mise-en-scene was not afforded a clear passage, leaving her to make a late run to pass several horses in the final furlong. Ferguson said she ran very well. She just ran into a bit of bad luck, and in racing you need a lot of luck, and it didn't go her way. She lost nothing in defeat. I think anyone who saw it would have known that she had the ability to finish closer in a race like that. I personally think she's a filly with a lot of class, and I can't wait to see what she does next year. The Newmarket run was preceded by a Group 3 victory in the Prestige Stakes at Goodwood, before which Mise-en-Scene was a four-length winner on her debut at Haydock in July. The Guitar Racing-owned Bay will head stateside for the Breeders' Cup, where she will race over a mile again. It's been half-planned since she won at Goodwood, added Ferguson. His Highness Sheikh Fahad has always been a big supporter of the Breeders' Cup and loves going out there. It was all dependent on how she was going to come out of the Phillies mile, and she's come out of the race great, so we're very much looking forward to going over. She's still very lightly raced, so she'll be a fresh horse, whereas a lot of horses in the race will have had a heavy season. To have a runner in the Breeders' Cup in only my second year training is huge. This campaign has been highly successful for Ferguson, who has enjoyed his first Group 1 strike on Saturday, when El Bodigon claimed the Criterium de San Cloud. He said, Credit goes to the team back home. They all work incredibly hard, and we're blessed to have owners that have supported us. Qatar Racing have supported us, and they supported us in our first year. That's huge. And our last story on the racing news this week. Mishrif looks set to sidestep a trip to the Breeders' Cup in California next month after trainer John Gosden said his stable star was in need of a little bit of rest. Last season's French Derby winner has enjoyed a memorable campaign in 2021 which began with a huge international double as he won the Saudi Cup on dirt and the Dubai Shima Classic on turf. Having secured his first Group 1 on British soil in the Giudamonte International in August, the four-year-old was a hot favourite for last week's champion stakes at Ascot. But Mishrif could only finish fourth on Champions Day, and while both Breeders' Cup Classic and the Breeders' Cup Turf were raised as options earlier this week, he is set for a well-earned break. Gosden told the Daily Racing Form, you need to be 100% happy that you're doing the right thing, and he's been a pretty busy boy. This has been all the news from the racing media, including the Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Join us again next time. Thanks for listening. That was Mike Padden with all the racing news from the racing media, which is, of course, the Sporting Life, the Racing Post and Racing TV. So, having got all the news, let us establish now where we can go racing this weekend. OK, then, on Saturday, there are seven races over the jumps. At Musselburgh, with a one o'clock start. Seven races on the flat at Newmarket, one fifteen start. Seven races over the jumps at Weatherby, with a one twenty start. Seven races over the jumps at Ascot, one thirty-five start. One race over the jumps at Down Royal in Ireland, with a two fifty start. And seven races over the flat on the all-weather at Wolverhampton, with a five thirty start. And then takes us to Sunday, when there are six races over the jumps at Lingfield with a 
12 start. Uh, seven races over the jumps at Carlisle with a 12.20 start. Six races over the jumps at Huntingdon with a 105 start. And apparently one lone race on the flat at Nuss in Ireland with a 3.15 start. So there you go. Plenty of racing to go to this weekend. Now, if you check out our website, which is www.3valleysradio, or one word, .com, you'll find a tab which says podcasts. And on our podcast section, you can find absolutely loads of in-conversation uh, recordings with various high-profile sporting personalities, including Holly Doyle. And we had a chat with Holly a few weeks ago, and Holly talked to us about her early start in horse racing. For, for reading up all your, all your stats, it's pretty obvious that uh, you know you, you were born into a, shall we say, a racing house, household, basically. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Really, I've been born into the game. Really, my um, grandparents were involved in racing. My granny bred um, Arabian horses and raced them. Um, so we've, you know, yeah, done the down the generations who's always been in racing yeah and and you, your mother raced them as well and your dad was an ex-jockey as well so uh it was it was i yeah. suppose it was pretty inevitable that you were going to end up doing the same thing yeah that's it but um i was never really pushed into it it's something i wanted to do really you know you get these pushy parents that mm. um decide for their kids what they want to do but it's something i wanted to do my brother had the same upbringing as me and he he doesn't have anything to do with racing so yeah yeah and um, obviously, pony racing was the first step, sort of thing. When, when did you first get into pony racing? I mean, how you know how old were you when you first got on the back of a horse? Shall we say? Um, I rode well, first time I rode a horse was well, before I could even remember really. But um, I think I pony raced from the age of twelve or thirteen, and went from there. And were you sort of uh, successful at pony racing? Um, I had a few winners, but I wasn't. Um, you know amazing or anything like that i'm i i had um okay ponies not like these days um but for me it was just the taking part and you know actually being involved in the race that i i was interested in <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, you know were you sort of completely sold on it within within sort of weeks or days or first try yeah definitely as soon as i did my first pony race i was uh that was the decision made for me really <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely it's, but um uh, so so ha i mean how long did you go pony racing before you started getting into the the, the, the serious you know the the adults game shall um, we call it yeah i started riding out for dave evans when i was 15 14 and then um, obviously left school and i just went straight into race and i didn't do college i just went straight to work full-time for dave evans down in um abergavenny and um yeah started earning my own money and got on with it from there really and, and was he a um a uh, flat yard or a uh, jump yard uh flat flat so you were straight into the flat game straight away then basically and and so was, yeah, i mean i presume you you, you I, i've never met you obviously face to face but i've seen you on the tv and you you're, you're quite short how tall are you actually um five foot so pretty small <laughs> oh well so but i mean Basically, then you you were made to be a jockey, weren't you? You know, low weight, short, and and, and strong, presumably. Otherwise, you wouldn't better hold hold on to the horses as you do. I suppose you could say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, having watched you, but um, <clears throat> when did you do you actually have your first winner? Um, my first winner. So I started off as an amateur jockey, and my first ride actually went and won. Um, oh. It was a big prize, and it was a big shock. But yeah, he actually won my first ride. Um, so that was a good start, but things, you know, things don't, um, things didn't kind of continue as quick as they started. But that's just the way it is. But I mean, that must have that must have been, you know, a huge adrenaline rush, wasn't it? Within your very first race. Yeah, it was amazing. It was something I felt like I'd been waiting for all my life. But obviously, being so young, I didn't have to wait very long. No, where, where was it, and what was the what was the name of the horse? Uh, the mongoose. Yeah, and where 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 did you win? Salisbury. Salisbury, all oh, right, okay. Um, I often go to Salisbury myself, so because uh, I'm part of um, Hot to Trot Racing. Have you come across them on your travels? Yeah, I've ridden for them quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'm I'm in, I'm I'm in Hot to Trot too, believe it or not. 
So, <laughs> so uh, you know, yeah. I've, I've got bitten by the bug as well, <laughs> sure you. But, uh, so um, you had your first ride at Salisbury then, and uh, that was in May 2013, winning by half a length. So then you had to sort of go back and take GCs. That must have been a bit of a bind, wasn't it? Uh, I'd finished those before I had my first ride oh good so old wi- good old wikipedia they always get it wrong don't you worry <laughs> so um <clears throat> so how did it progress from there then holly i mean what what was kind of what was the the journey from that point onwards um well i turned apprentice um a few months after that because i was too light really because they have heavy weight amateurs so i always wanted to be an apprentice but it was just a good starting point for me as an amateur to get a few rides under my belt without being on the big stage you could say and um so I went off to Newmarket and did my apprentice course and got my apprentice license and then things started rolling from there and I was still with Dave Evans at this point. Well, that was Holly Doyle reminiscing of her early days in racing and um, we should be featuring some more of that interview probably in next week's show. So that was that and this is our first uh, guest on the show today and it's Nick Schofield. Well, good afternoon, Nick. Um, a fairly eventful week. Um Tell us about Sky Pirate first. I thought he had a very good run. Yes, he's absolutely over the moon with the second at Cheltenham, um, giving away a stone and a half, and um, obviously he wasn't fully wound up, and he won't be till March. But, um, you know, it's a nice PZ jump round and had a good um, blowout, so um, hopefully it's an exciting season ahead for him. But um, he comes to himself in the spring, and that's what we hope he does again this year. Yeah, well, he certainly looked a, a good prospect, certainly on, on that showing anyway, that's for sure. Um, what about the yeah. one that you pulled up on? Uh, I forgot what it was called now. Butler, something about a butler? Yeah, butler's brief. He's, he's um, OK. The ground was just a bit quick for him, and um, he was just feeling it a little bit. So, um, yeah, he'll be out when it rains again. Yeah. How can you how can you tell when he's feeling it? I mean, are there any obvious signs to, to you up on top? Yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to get out of racing, really, and um, he was just basically um, hanging and um, his stride, stride was shortening. So, um, yeah. you know, to avoid injury, we um, pulled him up yeah. as well. For... Did you tell him that I'd got a fiver on him? Uh, no, you, you'll get it back, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. But um, uh, what about tomorrow? Have you got any, any good runs on tomorrow and the weekend coming up? Yeah, got a real nice ride for John O'Neill, Curry's Commodity. Um, it makes his reappearance, first time over fences. He's a real exciting prospect from the hurdle field. And, um, yeah, excited to be on him. Unfortunately, the only reason I'm on him is because John Joe Jr. is um, injured. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, he picked up an injury there that... Um, picked up an injury so um yeah that's why i've got the ride but um he um is um an exciting ride to pick up and um yeah. very much looking forward to it so is he out for a while or is it a, a, a relatively short-term injury uh he had a fall at injury and um, i'm not sure how bad the injury is but um he's gonna have a few weeks off so i suppose one man's meat is another man's poison in those sort of situations really isn't it yeah we all go through it, unfortunately, but um, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's not good. So it's obviously a what goes around comes around situation, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what about the weekend? Have you got much else on the weekend? Um, yes, busy weekend. I'm not quite sure where I'm going to be Saturday, but um, we should be somewhere. And Sunday, I think we head to Lingfield or Carlisle. Yeah. Um, it's going to be busy, busy. Uh, Friday we're up at Utoxeter. Uh Monday we're down at Plumpton. Yeah, so a lot of driving in the next the next yeah. week or so. And um, yeah, so an exciting horse is coming out. So um, looking forward to it. I don't envy you the drive to Carlisle. I must admit. No, um, we could be at Lingfield that day, so we're all waiting here. But um, yeah. wherever we go. Um, there's some nice horses entered there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, good luck, uh, Nick. Have a good week, and um, let's see plenty of winners coming in, and um, we'll yeah. t- talk to you again next week, sir. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. Cheers for now. Thank you. Bye. Well, there we go. That was Nick Schofield, and uh, looking forward to, a, as he put it, an exciting ride on Curry's Commodity, so keep your eyes open for that one. Now it's time to catch up with Lambourne trainer... Jamie Snowden. Well, good evening, Jamie. Thanks very much for joining us as usual on the show. But um, hey, you know what's going on down there? Are you feeding them some special water or hay or something? Because it's you're absolutely flying. It's brilliant. 
Oh, you're very kind, thanks, Eddie. Yeah, listen, it's um, uh, listen, you, you, it's in sport, isn't it? You don't quite know. You, you, sometimes the, the the dice rolls with you, and sometimes it rolls against you, as it were. And, and thankfully, we're having a, a a lucky roll of the dice at the moment. So, um, yeah, long may it continue. Well, let's let's talk about it. I mean, look, going back, your last four runners, um, starting Hogan Heights was fourth. Okay, not bad. Uh, next one up. Hardy de Sol first, fact of the matter second, someday soon third, representing Bob four uh, first. I mean that is that's brilliant, brilliant. Talk us through yeah, them. Been, yeah, so um, Hogan's height. Um, he's he's on his way to, um, to to the grand session over the national fences and needed a little warm up run over hurdles. He was fourth, ran, ran nicely. Then on the same day, Hardy Desoy ran in a novice chase up at Carlisle, um, and he fairly bolted up. He, look, he looked pretty impressive, actually, which um, he's only a four-year-old with the world at his feet at the moment. So that, that, that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, Facts of the matter, the old boy, Facts of the matter, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, giving young Will Featherston um, his first ride at Cheltenham. He's only 16 years old. And, and Facts of the matter, ran a blind, has finished second of 17 in a competitive handicap, only beaten a length. Someday soon, carrying a lot of weight in a Class 2 handicap up at entry, finished third, only got beaten a couple of lengths. And then representing Bob, um, he's another youngster um, having his second start over fences, and he won his first start and won his second start. So he's, he's, he's improving as well. So, you know, what, what do you put it down? I mean, apart from being a brilliant trainer, obviously, but is there anything else you put it down to? No, I listen, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's having... having Having fit, healthy horses running in the right races, really. Um, lo lo lovely owners allowing me to run horses in the races that give them the best opportunity of winning. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, you know, you start the season with a clean slate, as it were. You've obviously got some new horses into the stable. Um, quite clearly, some of these horses are pretty good. Well, I think Hardy Tassoy does look pretty good. He's um, he, he, he's only a four-year-old. He's had he, he he won his first start over hurdles in France. He arrived with us. Um, unfortunately, he fell at the first uh, on his first start over fences for us. But um, certainly, put that behind him with a with a fairly, fairly authoritative victory uh, um, up at Carlisle. He, um, he he really does get quite smart. And, and you know, can you see something uh, 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 ending at Cheltenham in in his case? I listen. It's Cheltenham's Cheltenham's a few, a few you know still a, a while away, but. Um, yeah, he it, it, he goes very well at home. We like him a lot, and um, you know if he, if we can guide him on the right path, there's there's every chance that he could be one of those. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's good news anyway. That's for sure. Now, um, looking on forward in the race racing calendar, as it were, um, we obviously come out on a uh, on a Friday night. So, looking at uh, you've got um, fair, 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 three one two yeah three runners on Sunday. Talk us through those. Um, so on Sunday, Cornicello runs tomorrow, actually, um, down at Fosslands. So he won't be running on Sunday. Right. Um, we've got Rose O'Hara. She runs on Friday, so she won't be running on Sunday. She runs at Utoxton on Friday. Right. Um, leading you on, she'll probably run on Sunday, I would have thought. She's, um, she's had a few issues. Hopefully we've got her, got her back on the straight and narrow. Um, she's got a lot to, lot to prove. Um, but but hopefully she can she can show us a little bit more there. She's been placed in a bumper, so and she's jumping nicely. Um, College Oak um, he runs tomorrow at Stratford, so he won't be going on Sunday. Um, so yeah, so a lot of them probably run before before well certainly after the show's gone out. Mm. But you're you're fairly hopeful about all of them, really, by the sound of what you're saying. Tomorrow, College Oak he's um, he's won a bumper and two over hurdles. He's back off uh, the same mark he won off at. Uh, at Ascot last season, um, he, he jumped his fences a bit slowly on debut um, uh, uh, earlier this month. Um, hopefully, some nicer ground should should see him jump a little bit slicker and a bit quicker. Um, he's certainly able to win off that kind of mark. Corny Cello's having his first start over hurdles. He was a decent flat horse. He won two of his six starts in France. Goes on soft ground, jumps nicely. So hopefully, he's got a, a, a bit of a future. Legends Ride was a decent horse. COVID kind of put, stopped her in her tracks, unfortunately. She was she was absolutely flying, and then COVID set in, and there was no racing. When when racing resumed, she never resumed in the same kind of form last season. Um, 
but after a good summer off, she's she's back in good order. We're going over fences um, tomorrow, so hopefully she should um, she she can get back on on the rails, as it were. Well, looking at the season's start so far, would you say it's above your expectations, or, or on par, or or below expectations? Yeah, we, we, we've had 22 winners so far, um, strike rate of 20%, 20 seconds, 21 thirds, 13 fourths, and over £170,000 of prize money. So, no, it's a good season, it's a very good season. Um, I think if anyone's, anyone operating at a 20% or, or higher strike rate is, is doing pretty well. So, um, certainly got to be pleased, but like, like, like everything, rather than looking back, we look forward. So, uh, Certainly not looking back to what's happened and looking forward to hopefully what, what might happen. Yeah, well, it's certainly looking pretty good at the moment, Jamie. What about the weather and, and the going? Is it is you know We've had a fair bit of rain, but then again, it's suddenly gone dry again. What, how do you see that? Trainers are a bit like farmers. The, 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 the weather's never going to be perfect. Um, and we'll always, we'll always complain about the weather. But um, uh, we could do a bit more rain, in fairness. Um, we, we'd like to get some of the some of the um, babies on, on the gallops uh, on the grass gallops here in Labourne so we can do with a bit of rain yeah okay then well thank you ever so much for that Jamie um, keep up the good work fantastic strike right and because I've got to speak to Gavin Sheehan later on uh, he's he's obviously uh, you know reaping success on the back of your your success which is also good news yeah he's um, he, he's riding well and, and, and what have you so no he's, um, he's, a, he's a big part of our team yeah, absolutely. Well, well done, mate, and keep up the good work. It's uh, you know I'm really pleased for you, and uh, it's good to have successful trainers on the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. Ah, oh, you're very kind. Lo- lovely to be on. Ah, good. Well, no, you you're very welcome. So uh, thanks for that, Jamie, and we will speak to you next week. Well, I hope it will be an equally uh, good week as far as runners are concerned. Look forward to it. Great stuff. Th- thanks, Eddie. Thanks, Jamie. You're a star. Well, there you go. That was Jamie Snowden there, uh, absolutely on the crest of a wave, going really well. And uh, it's great to have him part of our show every week. So thanks, Jamie, for that. Keep up the good work. I will speak to you next week. Now we're going to pop down to Pond House down at Wellington to have a chat with David Pipe. Right. Well, good afternoon, David. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, From your point of view, Saturday, you've got quite a few runners at the moment, if they are all going. Can you talk to us about a few of them? Yeah, uh, Weatherby, uh, we've got uh, Jericho Rock, first time out of offences, David Noonan rides. Uh, it's good ground at present, but hopefully they get a lot of rain tomorrow night. And if uh, if they do, then we'll let him take his chance. He uh, did well last season over hurdles and scored nicely at home. He's an ex-Irish point-to-pointer. So uh, two mile, three is a good starting point for him. And we uh, we hope he'll run a nice race. Yeah. And uh, you've got well, three down here going to Royal Ascot. Are they all going? Three at Ascot, yeah. They'll all, all go. Leon Cavallio in the two-mile big handicap hurdle. Ran well in the Welsh Champion hurdle the other day, uh, finishing third. Fergus Gillard takes three off. Uh, he'll have improved for that run. And uh, hopefully he can uh, run a decent each-way race. Uh, Soaring Glory looks the one to beat there. Then uh, we have Eamon and Canock in uh, the two-mile handicap chase. Fergus Gillard rides him again. Uh, he usually improves for his first run of the season, but uh, he's got no weight, um, and two-mile on, on soft ground is perfect for him. Uh, and then the last one is Grange Clare Glory, run by Fergus Gillard again in the conditional jockeys race. Um, he won at Newton Abbott the other day. Uh, nice performance, and uh, hopefully he can progress from there. And then finally, we've got Trusty Scout at Wolverhampton. Is that one going? Yeah, tr- yeah, Trusty Scout at Wolverhampton. Yeah, first run for us. We we claimed uh, claimed him the other day. Um, he uh, yeah, we, we've done a bit of jumping with him, and uh, we thought we'd give him a run on the flat before going over jumps. Yeah. Okay. Well, looking at your website, and I was reading your newsletter there. Uh, it seems you're looking forward to uh, the uh, Breeders' Cup coming up. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's always fantastic racing, isn't it? And I'd yeah. uh, like to go out there one year. Uh, would be nice. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, we'll look forward to that. And obviously, the, you know, now we're getting a bit of rain. The uh, the, the jumping season will go up another gear. 
Yeah, absolutely. But uh, nine hours of, of American racing, uh, I can see why you commented that your wife might not be too impressed with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we, we won't go into that. No, I'm glad I'm not the only one anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you've got this guy that does, uh, does your newsletter there. Um, not too sure about the jokes, though. No, I know, but it gets people talking, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I suppose it does, yeah. But then it looks like he supports West Ham as well. I mean, that's a bit of a misnomer as well, isn't it? Yeah, I know, yeah. Well, can't have everything, can we? No, I suppose not. Well, you know, I'm getting over last Sunday, which is it's going to take me years to get over, I think. So. Uh, yeah, I know, yeah. It was a very painful experience, I can tell you. Yeah, yeah I know, I can imagine. But of those runners um, that you've just gone through, what would you say is the best, best one to uh, have a little tipple on? Uh, we have high hopes of Jericho Rock this season, so hopefully he can run well. Lovely job. Thank you, sir. That's exactly what we wanted. Uh, I will catch right. you again in a couple of weeks, if that's OK. OK. OK, Cheers. thanks, David. Thanks for talking to us. Cheers Bye -bye. for now. Bye-bye. David Pipe there down at Wellington. Looking forward to the weekends with his runners both at Ascot and Weatherby. Well, now it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson of Harlequin Racing with all his tips for the weekend. Well, good afternoon, Dave. How are you? Yeah, very well, Adrian. Uh, the weather's got nice and soft for the jumpers, and uh, just watching an interview on telly with Gavin Sheehan, and he's absolutely splattered in mud down at Foss Lass, so uh, he's obviously enjoying himself. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have a look at over the weekend's uh, racing. We've got a very good card on at Ascot, a good card on at Weatherby, and two very good races on over in Ireland at Down Royal. So Okay. We'll have a crack through the Ascot card to start with, and in the 135 race, we like the horse called Nazalam. He won his first two races in England, as he liked, I think it was 48 lengths and 52 lengths or something, and then he come out and got beaten by Adagio and Mon Morale. Now, Mon Morale also beat Adagio's seven and a half lengths at Aintree, and he was probably the best juvenile hurdler in the country, Mon Morale, so there's no, no harm in getting beat by him. Now, Nazalam's priced up on Saturday uh, in that race at 4-1 to one at the moment with William Hills, and uh, we expect he'll uh, have a lot better display on because he had a long season last year. He was out running in June when he was over in France before he transferred over to Gary Moore, and uh, he had a long season. So we think he'd be better off of a seasonal break and uh, coming back into a nice race at Ascot there. OK. Moving down to the second race on the card, the 210, and the horse that we really like in this one is Boot Hill, trained locally by Harry Fry. He absolutely oozed class when he won at Taunton, and he, I'm pulling the proverbial car. Uh, the second horse that day, uh, Lily Pedler, she's come out on one since off of a mark of 123. The third's come out on one off of a handicap mark of 125, and a fourth and sixth for both won as well. So it just shows how how well Boot Hill won that day. He beat. He, he won by nine and a half lengths, and it could have been 26 lengths if he'd wanted to put his mm. pedal down, but he didn't. He he opened up in the betting at nine to two this morning with bet three six five, and he's already been smashed into seven to two. We couldn't get on the nine to two. It was gone literally as soon as they put it up. But seven to two is available at the moment, and uh, I'd suggest anyone who wants to have a bet will get on that price as soon as they can. So that's the second race there. Uh, I notice he's got um, he's got Sam Twiston Davis on it, which is not his normal jockey. So that's another side, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, Harry's not got a regular jockey. He's got Lorcan, who's a three-pound claimer for him. And obviously Saturday there's racing at Weatherby, racing at Musselboro, um, racing at Ascot. So like... What Harry does is book jockeys that are available and gets what he can in. Yeah. And uh, it's just one of the things that he, he does struggle with getting a stable jockey. He obviously had Noel Feely up until the beginning of last season and then Noel retired. Yeah. And he hasn't really replaced him. But he's got a good few of the team from uh, Ditchett up at Paul Nichols that he can use as well. And uh, Brian Carver rode a couple for him today, I think it was. I thought he uh, used to have, uh, didn't he used to have Sean Bowen ride for him? James he had Bowen. Sean Bowen there for a time, uh, the Bowen brothers, yeah, so uh, yeah. he had one of them there, but they all flitter around all over the place uh, yeah. at the moment, so uh, they get their right, they try and get their six rides in every day, and uh, yeah, they make right. use of whatever they can. So, uh, okay, mate, fair go. enough. 
Moving down the card at Ascot to the third race at 2.45, we like a horse here called Ferro Bambo. I think that's how you pronounce him. He had a wind up two, two runs back and he came out and he, he won very easily by nine lengths. Then next time out, he was in a top-class race and he got beaten by the favourite in here into fourth. And that's Editor Dugit, or however you pronounce it. He was beaten eight and three quarters by him that day. But the thing to note is he's got a £10 weight reversal for that run. So that'll put him bang up there with him. So uh, we think he'll go very well, especially being a Venetia Williams one and the ground's getting as soft as it normally does. And what happens in the soft weather, Venetia Williams horses come ploughing through it because uh, they seem to love it for some reason from her yard. So we're going to go with Ferrero Bambo. Right up. Third race there at Ascot. Okay. Moving down to the 320 London Gold Cup, the horse we like here is another local one, John BB. Uh, he's a lightly raced seven-year-old and he's got three wins on his card from ten, ten runs and he's been placed five times as well. He won very convincingly at Weatherby on his reappearance in 2020 and he ended the season with a, a very solid second and grade three up at the entry meeting behind Happy Go Lucky. And I just think he's going to take a step forward this year and become one of the top choices around. So uh, we'll be with John BB in that race and he's priced up at around about seven to one at the moment, about three six five. Yeah. Moving moving down the card to the three fifty five, a horse we like here is called Super Six of the Twisting Davises, as we was mentioning them just now. Now this fellow was fifth in the champion bumper at the Cheltenham Festival and he, he came out and he dead heated up at Perth with a horse called It's Good to Laugh. Now the thing to note about It's Good to Laugh is he won at he won at Chester this year on the flat, rated ninety. Now when you transferring one off the flats of the hurdles we always say add 40 to the handicap so obviously that's going to be about 130 rated for a novice over in his first race over hurdles so that's a very high mark to start off with so uh, the thing to note as well is it's good to laugh to come out and run since and one by 10 lengths so in very good form and the Twist and Davis Yard are in solid form as well they've had a few winners lately including one we had last week uh, it's good to move with Cheltenham on Saturday so, uh, Super 6 in uh, 355 there for us at Asker. Right. Uh, moving down to a 430, we're going with a pipey horse, Grange Clare Glory. Now, he won at Newton Abbott a couple of weeks back, and he was in a race where we fancied a horse called Sea Lot More Business from the Nichols Yard. Now, the two of them was just about to go clear at the second jump from home and see a lot more business actually came down and it left uh, Grange Clare Glory out in front now he, he just trotted home and won the race nicely but we think he's got a lot more to offer and also knowing that see a lot more business is very highly regarded up at the Nichols Yard it's uh, a horse that's going to have a fair bit of money on it I think on Saturday and he's priced up at the moment about 4 one with William Hills right uh, that's how we the 4.30. Last race on the card, Ask 5.05, and uh, a very interesting runner here is called Firestream. Now, he's a half-brother to uh, Master Debonair, a horse that Colin Tizard used to have that's now with Harry Fry. Now, he was a dual winner of bumpers when he was with Colin Tizard, and he also went on and won a Class 1 Grade 2 uh, race, and he was also rated 151 at his best, Master Debonair. So, uh, Firestream being a half-brother to his, I would imagine he's going to have a bit of form and, uh, well, not he's, he's got no form, he's going to have a bit of glass about him and uh, he's going to come out and uh, run very well in that last race at Ascot on Saturday. So, uh, Firestream's our last tip there at Ascot. Alrighty, we've got thank two, you. A couple of races that we like over at Weatherby. The first one's the Mayor's Listed uh, 155 race and the horse that we like in here is called Her Indoors. Priced up at around about 6 to 1, 13 to 2 at the moment. She won the Doncaster Juvenile Fillies in January and didn't run well in uh, Fred Winter at Cheltenham. And then she come back out in another small field race and uh, she won a Juvenile Fillies race at Cheltenham in April. So she doesn't like the big fields and she's got a small field to run in here. And uh, she had a prep run up at Nottingham on the flat where she absolutely came flying through at the end. But she didn't get anywhere near the front two but she finished full of running and looks very promising there. So uh, we're going to go with her indoors in the 155 at Weatherby. Moving down the car, 
the 2.30 race, uh, the long distance one. Uh, we like Thomas Darby here. He's just been switched up to three miles, and he's only had one run over three miles so far. Uh, in that race, he had. He finished just behind time here at Roxana, and they're two of the top long-distance horses around, along with the favourite of the race, uh, Paisley Park. But Paisley Park seems to be in and out of form at the moment, and uh, we're going to side up with Thomas Darby. He was second in the 2019 Supreme Novice Hurdle at Cheltenham, and uh, he's... I think he's a horse that's going to show up in three miles this year, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Right. And we've got two races over at Down Royal that we uh, had a look at this weekend. Uh, two very big races. The Ladbrook Champion Chase is one of them, and uh, the Racing TV Chase is the other. In the first one, the 250 at Down Royal, we've got Manella Indo, who won the Gold Cup this year, and... Uh, the thing that we've noted is we don't think he's going to be fully wound up for the race because obviously he's going to be ready to defend his Gold Cup championship title up at Cheltenham in March. So we've got a feeling that Galvin's going to run a very big race here. And uh, he had a race uh, 17 days ago, which he won very easily. And uh, it's just a hard thing to say if Manella Rindo is going to be fully wound up and uh, Galvin can take him on if he's uh, got anything that's any weaknesses there. So yeah. that's the first one of the two races there at Down Royal of the weekend. And the second one, the 325, and we've got Envoy Allen running in it. Now, he was unbeaten when he was trained by Gordon Elliott, and uh, since the Gordon Elliott gate, uh, he changed trainers to Henry de Bromhead. He's not actually managed to finish a race. Now, he's priced up at one to three to win this, and uh, it's just one of them things. It's uh, Does the horse not like the change of stables, or what's going on? He fell in one of his races and got pulled up in the other. And it'd just be interesting to see how he goes. He should actually, on form, he should win it by about 200 yards. Yeah. But we're We'll have a little bet on Coco Beach each way. She's priced up at around 7-1, to one, and uh, we think she'll have a good run in her, and uh, if anything is amiss with Envoy Allen, 7-1 uh, for a nice winning bet there. It'll be looking very good. So okay. that's what we've got for you for the weekend, mate, and uh, hopefully we'll have a fair few winners in there. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. OK, then, Dave, All well, right. thanks very much for that, and we'll speak to you again next week. Will do. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing, so let's hope there's a few winners there. Now we're going to catch up with the cheeky chappy. It's Colin Brown. Well, good evening, Colin. Welcome to the show. Um, I've got to point out to the listeners that the trouble and the steps that we go to to try and get them a tip. And somebody gave Colin a tip this week, listeners, and he's gone all the way to Sweden to get that tip especially for you yeah so i think you know you've yep. got to appreciate what the man does he's he's driven all the way over there to sweden and he's got a tip coming for us so you know make sure you back it all right over to you colin okay well yeah we were in the netherlands last week um nicole my wife uh, and i and then we drove to jaeger's row which is malmo where there's a race course and saw a couple of uh, people there we know uh, last weekend, and um, where one of my tips comes from, so we'll give you the heads up when that one appears in the next 20 minutes or so. But yeah, we've been cruising around a bit, and we're in Sweden now, and then I'll drive back to England tomorrow. It won't take too long, about 22 hours or so. So there we go. Well, there you go indeed. So, what have you got for us? Where are we going first then, Cole? Well, I think we'll go to Newmarket for the Phillies Novice Stakes race, and that is at uh, 115. Mm-hmm. And there's a horse that's beautifully bred, actually. It's trained by Michael Stad, by Iferard, um and bred by Eve de Rothschild, out of a very good mare called Crystal Etoile. And it's called Crystal Estrella. Um, I think this will win. Um, it is first time out, but uh, this time of the year, you know, not, well, Stad doesn't run too many unless they've got a chance to be putting them away for next year. So I think that'll probably win, I'll be really honest. Um, at Newmarket in the 115. And then we're going to move to the 148, another funny time. And there's a horse that's got course and distance form at Newmarket. And it runs in, as I say, the 148. It's a nursery, and it's trained by Gosden, and ridden by the Tory, and it's 130 on my sort of tissue at the moment in the paper, if you like, on the on the internet. And I think that should win as well. It is a, new, is a, is a winner at Newmarket, which I think always 
uh, you know, makes a bit of a difference. I did tip up what was called New Mission when I was at Epsom on the, the last day of August that uh, won quite nicely in the end. And probably that is the main danger. But I think it's been around to beat New Mission in the uh, in the 148 at Newmarket. Okay. Um, right, well... William Buett didn't quite get there, did he, in the jockey's title, but he rides the horse called Noble Dynasty in the 223 race there at Newmarket. And I think that will probably take a bit of beating. Trained by Charlie Appleby, who's had a fantastic uh, season by Dubarwi, which most of the big winners are nowadays, at the mayor called Alina. Um, and this is around about 11 to 4. I think that will probably win the 223 there. At Newmarket. Holly Doyle, she rides at Newmarket. She's riding for everybody, really. And there's been a few programs. We, we mentioned it last week, didn't we? Um, I think you were telling me, which it was it on ITV? Was it on four or five? That's or right, yeah, it was on ITV4. Yeah, ITV4. ITV4, yeah. I mean, she is brilliant. And in fact, um, if any of your listeners might be members of the RCA, uh, 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 the race course. Um, association um, then I actually front that up and um, I'm going to get Holly Doyle and Tom Marquand on in a couple of weeks time uh, on the rate on, on um, our Zoom calls that we do with them so if you're not a member um, any of your listeners you can just look at um, the, the RCA it's well run and um, let's just get rid of that it is well run and, and it's a bit of fun and they get a horse all share with um, Ed Walker, Jamie Snowden, and one or two, you know, trainers. It's a, it's a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun for them. I'll tell you exactly one second as I'm still scrolling through my emails. Um, here we go. Yeah, it's the RCA, and um, it's, it's very little money here just to be involved. So, um, so to say, I'm going to do a few, uh, a couple of zooms on there. One of them's going to be with Holly Doyle. Which uh, which could be quite interesting. Right on to at Newmarket the fifteen thirty three. That's three thirty three. It's a listed race. Uh, what wins it? Well, I think um, Michael Stout will win this again with uh, one of James Williams' horses. Also, have one at your Canyon and Newcastle. And it's called Bay Bridge. It's obviously not been the easiest to trade when you run three times, but I'd say that will win. And that probably, um, yeah, that probably brings us almost to the end of Newmarket before we move on to Weatherby. Having said that, we've talked about Appleby, we've talked about William Buick. They run a horse called Zakuski in the 408. Um, and it's trained by, say, Appleby, and hasn't run for a while, but it has won at Newmarket, uh, and this, this, and then it's won two nice races in Maydown. Hasn't run since uh, February 21, but I'd say it'll probably win here. So I think we've got some pretty good information from um, from uh, for Newmarket, should I say. Number five, Zakuski in the 4.08. Right, where should we go? Weatherby? Yeah, Weatherby's fine with me. I I, I think that's where we'll go. And there's a big old day at Weatherby. Um, I can say, when I was riding, I never... I rode at Weatherby a few times, but I never rode at the meeting. The Charlie Hall Chase Day and the Bet365 hurdle, known as the West Yorkshire Hurdles, a staying race. You know, it's a pretty smart old card at Weatherby they put on. And um, there's some really quite interesting runners there. And I must notice... Uh, I must um, just note that your trainer, Mr. Tizard has been banging in a winner or two um, recently, hasn't he? Yeah. Have you backed any of them? Yeah, he has, but I haven't heard it. I haven't spoken to him for a while now, so I haven't heard anything directly from him, but uh, I noticed that he was a few winners going in. Okay. Yeah, no, he's been doing very, very well. And there at uh, Weatherby in the second race, the Mayor's Only race, the listed race, there's two horses that I'm interested in. That's the 155 Molly... Ollie's Wishes one's called. The other one's called Miranda. Sounds like that funny mad woman on the TV that we used to watch in those soap programs. But Miranda's owned by the owner's club. It's trained by Nichols. And um, Compton rides it. And I would say it won 
at Doncaster Beach Loretta, which was pretty good form. It was fourth in a good race at um, Muscle for the time before that. And last time out, it was only fifth to lying down at Sandown. But I would say it's the one that uh, the one to beat is Molly Ollie Wishes, but Miranda is the one that I think will win uh, that race. Okay. Now, Paisley Park is supposed to be going over steeplechase fences, but <coughs> I mean, I always think if you've got a you know steeplechaser in the making and there's a good hurdle race to kick the season off, you know, go and try and get the prize money. And um, I'll talk about one in a second, which um, I think will do that at Ascot. But Paisley Park is nine to four. I mean, a big price. Really, he was a little bit disappointing. You have to say last season, he pulled up behind Time Hill at Liverpool, and he's third at Cheltenham, but he beat Time Hill the time before that. He runs well fresh to source, and I would say he will take the beating. Paisley Park runs in the, uh, are we, the 2.30 at Weatherby. Right. Right. On to the Charlie Hall chase. This is a really competitive race and in fact there's only a couple of horses in the race that are outside the betting you know seven runners um, bigger than about 12 to 1 the rest of them are all shorter um, Skelton has a horse called Chamblou that I think they would think a lot of fifth to Chantry House at Cheltenham second to Chantry House at Aintree he's a very good horse um, and then you've got Spain of course who beat Altior at Ascot uh, first of night last year second to Clandy Zobo uh, that was in the King George. Uh, beat for indication at Wincanton. He's got really good form, this one. Pulled up um, on his last run, but I think Surname probably will take the beating. Number one for the Nichols Yard. They've travelled a long way to go up there the weekend. And um, I'd say take the beating. Right. Now, I wonder if Mary's listening, because I think the horses I've put up so far at these two meetings, they've got great you know, really big chances, and I think that um, I think that uh, Mary will be cycling down to the bet and shop in Gilling or whatever, and I'm a few quid on these doubles and trebles. Okay, right, let us move on to um, Ascot because we've got some fantastic racing at Ascot, and uh, here we go. Ascot first race is at one thirty-five. It's uh, a novice limited novice uh, handicap chase. And we've got a very good, we've got a very good hurdle race there, listed hurdle race, um, and a national flat race, which often I do find the winner of. So we're going to give it a go. Um, right, three uh, one thirty-five here Ascot on Saturday is a novice uh, limited handicap chase. So you know they limit the the bottom weight if they're about handicap. There's a limit here of about 10 cents, 7. What wins it? Well, it's a really competitive race. I mean, some really nice horses run here. Um, I think the horse, though, that they've all got to beat probably is Kid Commando, trained by uh, Mr. Honeyboy. He's not your way, is he? Yeah, he's about uh, two miles away. Is that all? Yeah. These horses. He's a blooming good trainer. He had a bit of a quiet time a couple of years ago when Harry Fry was flying. And then Harry's horses went a bit quiet the next year and then he was flying. Yeah, there must be a bit of competition down there. Mm-hmm. But he runs a horse called King Commander. But it's a very short price, actually, to be perfectly honest. And um, there's, you know, one or two other horses in the race that I think could just um, shake one or two of these horses up. <coughs> And the one that I thought could is one of Gary Moore's. He's nicely bred. He's called Nassalam. Um, He really is quite a nice other horse, this one. And it runs in the colours of John Stone, who's been quite lucky over Gary Moore over the years. And he's run about four to one. I think he's got a really good chance of winning. Okay. Now, on of course, to um, the... <coughs> Harry Fry used to share the gallops with Anthony Honeyball, so that's probably why you got that impression that there was a bit of a competition going on between them. Exactly, yeah. Not so good when you put up at the top, you know. Honeyball's had about two winners and Harry's had about 35 winners. But the next year, Honeyball had about 30 winners and Harry's had about 15 or something. Mm. So that's the way it goes, you know. Life yeah. at the bottom, as we say. Um, anyhow, on to the Batsu London Handicap, the listed race. And um, 
a good friend of mine who likes to go racing here and there. Uh, and a horse here called Boot Hill. And I was talking to him at uh, Malmo, as I mentioned just now. And uh, this horse, Boot Hill, has got some really good form last year. He's got soaring glory to beat, but Boot Hill's form is very good. He's been second to cut the point to points in Ireland. He's got plenty of speed there. And he came here, uh, came to Kempton Park and absolutely hosed up. Hosed up at Taunton the next day. And he was going to go for the Supreme, which Soaring Glory was fourth in. But um, he got a small uh, fracture, nothing much, just a little uh, splint, which is something, a little little bit of sort of bone which grows just um, on on the inside of the horse's leg, his front leg, on, on the side of the tendon. Higher up the better, and this was quite high up, so they just treated it and gave him a bit of time off. <clears throat> it's just, you know, a bit of immaturity, if you like. And um, Boot Hill, I think, can win here. So that's my bit of info. Number six, Boot Hill. I'm going to make him a nap on Saturday. I think he'll hack up, and I think you'll see. He might go for another race before Christmas, but he's going to be a very, very exciting novice chaser. Okay, then. So, on to the Burn Group handicap. There's a horse that's um, named after our whipper, I think. One for Rosie. It's trained by Kim Bailey. My wife used to work for Kim Bailey many years ago. She used to look after a horse called Doctor's Express. Then if your listeners remember this one. And it's owned by a bot on ice for Rosie. Well, they certainly had it on ice the last twice it's run because it won nicely at Leicester and Carlisle. Looks a bit of an improver. About six to one, ridden by David Bass. Bailey's also in good form. I'd say it will take a bit of beating. One for Rosie in the 245 at Ascot. And Kim Bailey's yard could double up here with a horse called Vindication, who certainly loves it here at Ascot. Um, he's a very good horse. He won there this race um, uh, last year, in fact. He beat Regal Encore, who runs again in the race today. And I think that's probably the result again. Vindication to beat Regal Encore in the 3.20 at Ascot. It really is fantastic racing. Um, sadly, I'm not at Ascot at the weekend, but I'm, I'm doing my homework. Um, I'm not back from that Sweden until Saturday night. So there we go. Right, on to the 3.55. There's quite an interesting horse here. Trained by... Fergal O'Brien is also in brilliant form. This horse is called Peking Rose, and she goes back to some very, very good horses. In fact, it's back back in the 80s, there were some horses um, called, a horse called Rose Ravine, and she won the stairs hurdle, I remember. She did one of uh, Wars or Footwarmers, no, actually another horse in the race. Anyway, it was nip and tuck, and I think they were first and second. And she bred so many horses out there, Coming back to now, Peking Rose that runs here. Um, and I think she can probably win the 3.55 at Ascot. Peking Rose, trained by Fergal O'Brien. And then we've got a conditional jockey race. I'm not mad on anything in that. But we do have a national flat race to finish with Ascot. My final tip of the 5.05 runs here. Um, and, you know, you've got to follow trainers that sort of quite often have, you know, a good sort of record in this race. But um, Harry Fry runs a horse here called Rex of Temple. I was down there when I came to see you the other day. I was down there just hosting an open day. And he's got a horse here by Cityscape out of Juno Mint. And, and that was a winner. And it's quite a nice type of horse, you know. And I think it'll take a bit of beating. Rex of Temple, it's called. And it runs in the last race. I don't know what sort of price it'll be, but wouldn't be the biggest of the prize that one, the uh, 505 at Ascot. So that's about it, really, for uh, for our racing for Saturday. Well, thank you very much indeed, Colin. And um, it was a long way to go to get those tips, wasn't it, all over in um, Sweden? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, they don't run any faster run than England. We've done our homework, spoken to a few people. So hopefully, well, we'll end up having a good Saturday. Well, let's hope so anyway. And, uh, you know, I just think it shows the lengths that Three Valleys Radio's racing show will go to to get you a winner. <laughs> Absolutely. And have you got any horses running this week? I think I asked you that earlier. You haven't got any money. <laughs> we, had one, we had one run... Like, um, you're quite a major owner in the West Country. 
Yeah, we had one run today, actually. came, um, I can't remember, second or third. It was in the frame, anyway. Um, it's called Roman oh, okay. Results, and it was at, I think it was at Lingfield, and it was ridden... Uh, where is it? Where is it? Uh, hang on. Here we go. It was second at 25 to 1, uh, at, uh, and it was ridden by James Doyle. All right. No, it wasn't. No, I tell I tell a lie. That was the winner. Was written by James Doyle. It was written by Holly Doyle. Holly Doyle. Ah, twenty-five to one. So that was all right. A bit of prize money, but there as well. Who's saying that for you, Rod Norman? Sorry. Is that Rod Norman? Was that Rod Norman? No, 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 no. It's Tom Ward. Oh, Tom Ward. Yeah, okay. Okay. He's doing well. Yeah. So I've already listened. I've been listening to Tom uh, before or after, and me on the radio on that Friday night. So yeah, he's good little trainer, Tom Ward. Certainly uh, worth listening to what he has to say. Yeah, absolutely. Okay then, Colin. Well, thank all you right. very much for all of that lot, and um, um, drive safely tomorrow on the way home, and make sure you don't fall asleep. And we will look forward to speaking to you next week, sir. You certainly will. You take care. All the best, and have a good weekend, sir. Will do, mate. Will do. Cheers for now. Colin Brown there, roving in Sweden. Would you believe? But uh, we're sorry, slightly down in the quality of the sound there. But uh, that's mobile phones for you, I guess. Anyway, it also brings to an end this week's edition of. The racing show so please make sure you join us again next week same time same station when we'll have all the usual guests on board plus maybe a few new ones so until then thank you for joining us bye for now <laughs>